I'm Christina Rea, and welcome to Breaking Out of Breaking In, a practical filmmaking podcast about taking your creative career into your own hands and making great work that gets seen without playing the Hollywood game. Or at least while changing the rules. Hi, I'm Brie Castellini, your other co-host, and today we're breaking down podcasting. Have you heard of it? And some tips and tricks we picked up this last year. Before we dive in, remember that we do release bonus content for each episode, including this one over on patreon.com slash breaking out pod. If you want to support us and get yourself even more info and resources, definitely go check that out. Also, we wanted to mention at the top of this episode that this is not the planned episode that we were going to do for episode three of season two. We were actually going to be interviewing Zaina Theris from the Microbudget Indie Filmmakers podcast, but because of scheduling delays and because Zaina is an extremely impressive and busy person, we just weren't able to get together fast enough to make it happen in time for the new season. So this is this is our for now series finale of our mini series of women in film and podcasting, um, where we, women in film and podcasting, are going to talk about some things a little bit more specifically about our own process and things that we've learned and picked up. But later on in the season, when we manage to get together with Zena, we are hoping to, at the very least, just have her on for a regular episode. But who knows? Maybe we'll end up doing like a true crossover series and maybe you'll hear us on her podcast. Who knows? We're leaving it up to the fates. <laughs> but that's kind of an explanation for why our, our first mini series of the new season was two episodes. Yes. Um, it's supposed to be three. We whoops. had a whole we had a whole pattern that was gonna be like three, five, three, five, but we've already messed it up. Oh, I didn't even notice that. See, Christina's the keeper of the Excel sheet that I assume <laughs> she got that from, which we'll talk about in a bit. But yeah, it's too bad. But you know, best laid plans, you gotta just be ready to pivot. And so this is us pivoting. That's right. Like the new show on a network I don't know, but is on Hulu every Friday morning. Pivoting. I've seen a show that's that. actually pretty good. I agree. Today, we're going to talk a little bit more specifically, not about like progress and career update stuff related to the podcast, but like how we make this podcast, because, you know, we've had people ask us questions before about sort of the putting together of individual episodes of the show as a whole. We've had a lot of conversations with the other women in the series about the act of podcasting and, you know, how it looks very different for everyone. So uh, we figured we'd throw our own hat in the ring, as it were, to be transparent about the, the things that together make an episode. That's right. So I have origins is the first thing we talk about, but I have no sub notes under origins. <laughs> what would you say are the origins of this podcast that we haven't already talked through? I don't know. I'm pretty sure we told the story of why we decided to do this in other episodes. So I don't really I think, OK, one thing I guess that we can talk about is when we decided to do this podcast, as we have said in previous episodes, we decided to because we realized there was an audience that liked us talking to each other. Well, mm -hmm. from when we used to do lunch and learns together at my old job, Bree's current job. But we were like, what would we actually bring to the space that's different because there's there are already film podcasts. And a big part of what we wanted to do was to bring conversations that aren't just like getting to know filmmakers. Like I feel like a lot of podcasts are just kind of like, we're going to do an interview with a filmmaker, which is great. I've been on a ton of those, but there isn't like a clear directive and in, in what the episode is supposed to be and what it's supposed to offer people other than just showing mm -hmm. that everyone's journey, you know, is different. Um, and so we really wanted to focus in on topics and also talk about like the the things around the pursuit, which I think if you're a listener, you understand that is what we do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it's like talking about 
money and talking about how people survive and talking about the times when people just feel like it's not worth it and where they find the energy to feel like it is again. And, uh, and so I hope that we've accomplished that. But that's kind of the origin of of this podcast was that we felt like those conversations weren't really being had anywhere. Yeah, and definitely not like not in the specificity that we try to get to. I will say the other probably origin, certainly for me at least, was my old podcast for Starable, Forget the Box, which is where Christina and I didn't meet first, but like got to know each other because mm-hmm. I interviewed her twice on that. And that show had a similar like ethos my goal at least was to not just bring people on to talk about their work but to get specific about different elements of filmmaking so like i designed it as that show at least as like a a very clear arc where like episode one was brainstorming and development episode two was pre-production you know like that kind of thing Mm -hmm. and so like i had a very clear idea by the end of that show it became more about like Let's get a big name for the podcast so more people listen to it. The episodes that are, you know, actually more comprehensive. Like I interviewed Elon Musk's sister, who runs a streaming service for called Passion Flicks for um, huh. for romance films to ostensibly talk about distribution. But like the only experience she had was as fucking Elon Musk's sister <laughs> and this one platform. So like she talked a little bit about hers, but like ultimately. We did not have her on because we were like, this is a great guest to talk about distribution. Um, <laughs> so like, you know, the the sort of the that podcast was frustrating to me because it was really good. And I'm really proud of a lot of those episodes, even as I was still learning about how to do everything. But it was a situation where I was completely alone, basically, in the creation and promotion of it and I kept getting more and more mandates of like we need to have a bigger guest you can't ask this guest too many you know specific questions because we're mostly just having them on as a name and that was very frustrating to me and then it ended just because like we couldn't justify the amount of time I was spending making it while Mm -hmm. also performing all of my other job duties but I missed it and I liked doing that and when I started doing more regular events for Seed and Spark certainly with Christina and as Christina and I started working together rather than like one of us helping out on the other person's thing, it became clear that like, ooh, I could possibly relaunch the thing I really liked about the old podcast, but with none of the stuff that I didn't want. Plus, I get to hang out with Christina all the time. So it was sort of like a win, win, win. Yeah. We should also say we would have these work calls that were like some mostly, I would say, venting Mm -hmm. and... If you don't have a vent call after a long day of meetings with your coworkers, then you probably don't like your coworkers very much. It is a necessity. It has nothing to do with no matter what company you're at. If you have a day long like meetings day, which I think most companies probably have where it's like this just happens to be the day that all of my fucking meetings are. Have a day, have a meeting at the end where you talk about all the other meetings. Right. (laughs) Highly recommend. It was like five of us, but most of it would end up being me and Bree just talking for two hours or something and one of our coworkers, Shay, friend of the pod, Shay, um, was like, I would listen to you two just talk. <laughs> I I enjoy and, the, and they were like, and I do. Yeah. This is great. <laughs> and and so that had me my wheels turning because I was the I initially brought it to Brie and I Knowing Brie can't say no to a podcast. Mm -hmm. Yes, Christina emotionally manipulated me into (laughs) making this podcast. That is the origin story of this podcast. (laughs) 
But yeah, I had never done a podcast before and didn't think that I, other than being interviewed on them and always hated hearing my voice because I don't think I have a good podcast voice, but I, you know, sucked it up anyway (laughs) and did it anyway. And I don't regret it. It's been great. Yeah. I don't think you have a bad podcast voice. I think it's more you're you are just so self-conscious as you're talking. I remember in the early couple of episodes, because you start the intro, we had to re-record a couple of our earliest intros because you would read them super flat. Mm. And we were like, Christina, this is the first thing that we hear. <laughs> Gotta get that energy up. But I'm I feel just like not like a performer. Mm-hmm. So I like having conversations, but I don't like rehearsed things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're you're a really strong, just like in the meat of things person. But yeah, yeah. I'm, but I also think I just don't have like a good. I think people who have deeper voices are are better podcast voices in terms of soothing, and I think wow, I have a so higher voice. A lot of sexism from Christina Rea on this podcast. <laughs> Did you just hear that? Christina Rea says men are the only good podcasters. No, because I think you have a deeper <laughs> voice. <laughs> I just I don't know why I'm in a it's a Friday afternoon I'm in the mood to start drama I'm sorry everyone you have like a bassier voice and I do and that is better for podcasting I think I mean I also had six years of competitive speech and debate (laughs) and I've acted and you know this is the I, I have more practice and I had like eight podcasts before this. I had Forget the Box for Sterable. I had Brie and Chris are depressed for Sam and Pat are depressed. I had Burn Noticed, which is still going on. Is that it? <laughs> I had a short-lived unreleased D&D podcast with some people. I was a cast member on somebody's D&D podcast, but we only recorded like four episodes and none of them had actually like been finished in the editing before the group fell apart. <laughs> But I did have that. That was a thing I did. So yeah, so I I, I think definitely in the origins, Chris, it was Christina's idea. And uh, Christina was uh, like, probably the most influential in like the formatting and sort of like high level framework of what the podcast was. Although mostly I just like agreed with her. And I was like, this is great. I don't have to think of anything. Uh, and then I what I was bringing to the table early on was my, my deep v- bassy voice <laughs> and my knowledge of like the little stupid things like, you know, po- hosting platform and pricings. You know, I I had some podcast editing experience so I could bring a little bit to that and just sort of like the logistical early how to get things started things that uh, tend to be complicated because, you know, Mm -hmm. there's just a lot of little weird behind the scenes things. It's not as simple as like upload a video to YouTube. Mm -hmm. A lot of podcasting isn't quite as user friendly. So we'll talk about some of the like specific tools that we use at the end of this episode. We've talked about them a little bit in our Breaking Even Pledge Drive, where we were trying to help pay for some of those tools, but we'll get into, I guess, a little bit more specific later on. But let's talk process. So we mentioned the Excel spreadsheet earlier. Christina, do you want to explain how we organize our season and, you know, put our schedule together? Yeah. So we typically will just talk about what topics are on our minds, what we want to cover. I mean, the first season was... We had so many things that were like basics outside of craft. Like we did a few craft episodes, but it was a lot of like, what are the things that we think kind of differentiate us from 
the average filmmaker who can just talk about craft, what mm-hmm. makes us special, what makes us qualified to have a podcast that is offering advice to people. And what are topics that people have asked us a lot of questions about at our other places mm-hmm. that maybe weren't as relevant to them? Like, because there's a lot of stuff that we, it wasn't that we couldn't talk about them at Seed and Spark, but like Seed and Spark has a very specific directive. Mm-hmm. You know, they're a crowdfunding company. For a while, they were a distribution company, but they aren't anymore. So, you know, there were a lot of things that just like, weren't relevant to the business model that we had a lot of thoughts on and experience with that just never came up there. So that was obviously a fertile ground in early brainstorming for like, what are all the things that like, we could probably develop full length classes about that we just haven't had an opportunity to do that for? Well, now we have a podcast. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) And so we made a list. And then I think we're both very much about consistency. And so we wanted to make sure that there was a clear pattern and that people knew what to expect from us. That I think we've talked about this in previous episodes about like releasing stuff and coming up with consistent patterns, knowing that that makes people tune in more. You get higher viewership because people Mm -hmm. know when to expect to see the new thing of the thing Mm -hmm. they're a fan of. And so that was a lot of the early stuff was like making sure that we can deliver on a schedule. So that's why we decided every other Thursday instead of every week. Well, that's not necessarily true. The reason we didn't do every week is because we were like, there's no way in hell that we will have time to do this. Right. That's what I meant, though, is that like, we wanted to make sure that it was manageable long term. Sure. Okay. So unlike, okay, we're going to just like record a bunch and then release them weekly. And then we run out of steam and we can't keep up with the editing schedule. We wanted to make sure that we could, we could get a few locked in far enough in advance that we knew that we could edit them because early on we were editing them. We were taking mm-hmm. turns, I believe was how we were yeah, doing I, it. Yeah, I think it was like we would, because we, for a long time, batch recorded. We still batch record when mm-hmm. it's just us episodes. Um, and sometimes when we have a guest episode, we'll record one of our own after the fact. So that means a single recording session could possibly be a month's worth of episodes. So I think what we used to do was one person would take the batch recordings from a single session and record mm-hmm. that. And whenever we recorded next, then the other person was in charge. Right. I think that's more how we did it. Right. So we did that for, I don't know, the first like six, four or five months, maybe six months. But then we got in Ezra (laughs) and life has been easier. It's been a lot easier. Life has been truly night and day better. (laughs) Yes. And yeah, so we we were like, we have a lot of topics that we can talk about, just the two of us. So what if we did every, the first two episodes are just me and Brie, Christina and Brie, and then the third episode would be a guest. And we did that through the whole first season where the guest episodes were topics we felt it would be nice to have another voice in or someone with more experience in that particular area in. And then when we got to season two, thinking of episodes, we had sort of not run out, but we were starting to run out of topics that just the two of us could talk about from any level of like true insight authority yeah yeah like we we have opinions but we don't have as much experience in that particular area to really be offering advice we don't want to be like those people on screenwriting twitter um you know (laughs) and so we decided for this season which we said in our intro or trailer for this season that we would transition to this sort of mini series approach where we would do and apparently Brie didn't realize the pattern that I was <laughs> planning. I did not. I did not notice that at all. But it was going to, or still kind of is, will be hopefully consistent after this point. But the plan was to do three in a mini series and then a one-off episode, just the two of us, and then five 
in a mini series and then a one-off episode and then three and then a one-off and then five and that, did that just accidentally just... happen or did you do that on purpose because well, I, I knew we were doing like an episode of just us in between each mini series but i did not really look ahead was, to like the numbers it was a mix like i started to see a pattern emerging when we when i grouped them into mini series i was like oh this one has three this one has three but this one has four can i add another because this one has five so then i was like oh, there's a pattern where there's three threes and two fives. And it just kind of, so it happened because I saw it happening, I guess. Got (laughs) it. Yeah, I did not notice that at all, but cool. I get very anal about like certain things about symmetry and and patterns. This is why you need a co-host. Like truly (laughs) the thing that was hardest about Forget the Box, other than like all the hard things about just everything at that job was that it was just me. You know, like my boss was there occasionally helping me schedule, not even schedule, like I was scheduling everything. He would sometimes get me bigger guests that like I couldn't personally get a hold of. But like, and you know, and he was the one like, why don't we have more views? Why don't we have more listens? Like, I don't know, I don't know what to tell you. He was almost my co-host. And Christina, who was our test guest, knows why that would have been a terrible idea. (laughs) I didn't even edit it. I was like, Ajay, we can't do this. And he was like, I agree. (laughs) But... It was hard because, yeah, it was it was just me. I had no one else to rely on. I had would had I had no one else to like bounce ideas off of, really not who like knew the subject matter and cared about it as much as I did. Like, you know, Ajay wanted to support this and he, he agreed it was a cool show, but like he's not a filmmaker. He was my boss. And his ultimate goal was like, let's build our you know user base through getting people to listen to the podcast. And, you know, that's a very different kind of goal, <laughs> not really a partnership. You know, he's mm-hmm. my boss. I am an employee of his. I was doing a marketing tool rather than a piece of education that I like genuinely believed in. So right. it has been super nice to have a a partner in all of this, like Christina, who is as anal as I am, but in like her own unique different ways. ways. Yeah, I think that's what makes us good together is that we'll mm-hmm. be we're each really nitpicky about different things. And so certain things I'm like, whatever about, you'll get really into the details on, like, no, it needs to be this way. And I'm like, go for it. And then other things like weird patterns, I'm really into it. You're like, I didn't even notice. So (laughs) I think that makes that we balance each other out really well. And, and, we are not like opposites. It's just that we get like really fixated mm-hmm. on different things, but we're both generally really accountable to each mm-hmm. other and making sure that we are delivering consistently to people and at a, at a quality that we can be proud of. And so we both put in equal effort, but differently. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think it helps that we have a very a similar goal in mind. Like we don't both want this for different reasons. Like, right. you know, I'm not trying to get famous while Christina is trying to educate the masses. Like there isn't, there is an mm-hmm. alignment on like the commitment we put into this, <laughs> like how seriously we both take it, but also what we are both hoping to get out of it, which is, ultimately the most important thing. Um, And I think we we talked more specifically about some of the delegation stuff in our creative partnerships episode from last season with Mm -hmm. our other creative partners, Christine, not Christina, Christine and Kelsey. But moving on down the process train. So once we have decided what the upcoming topics will be, booked our guests or, you know, to the best of our abilities, booked our guests, then we'll record. Um, so we have a an outline for every episode that has our intro and outro 
And you'll notice this season that we've changed the intro a little bit. Christina made it a little more concise. And now my section, we go back and forth between whether we're going to plug the newsletter, which you all subscribe to. It's really good. Or the Patreon, which you should all just subscribe to because it's really good. Uh, So we're not just like spending five minutes at the top of every episode plugging things and Mm -hmm. we can just get back to brass tacks. Then the meat of the episode outline is generally me. I, yeah, I, don't, I don't. Christina, do you it. have notes? No, you just sort of. I just okay, talk. so Christina just off the dome comes up with good questions and like has things to talk about. For me, I can't do that. I am very scattered. And if I don't have stuff written down, I will feel so stressed out and unmoored. And then, you know, two days later, I'll be like, I didn't bring up this really important thing on the podcast. If it's if it's something that I think will slip my mind, I'll maybe write it down like on an actual piece of paper to have here in front of me. But Mm -hmm. it goes back to like, I don't like being rehearsed. So the idea of reading something off of the screen makes me feel fake, (laughs) like in a way. And but then that also means I may just be very long-winded, which I totally am at times in asking a single small question that could have been a se- small sentence, you know? So, but I, I think it's better that I'm long-winded and then you can edit me down than I sound wooden. Yeah. It also helps that you do fill out the outline because I then know what you're covering. Like, so mm-hmm. then I can just say, well, what questions do I want to ask in addition to that? Yeah. And for the mini series this year, because last season when we would do interviews, because we had a very specific, unique topic per guest episode, obviously all of those would look different because we had very specific things we were looking for. Now that we're doing a like more unified mini arcs, we have we tend to have the same questions per guest. And obviously, as you're talking to somebody, things evolve, you know, like mm-hmm. our um, our next guest episode with uh, Prathna uh, Mohan, she answered a lot of the questions that we were going to ask her later in the episode in earlier ones. Mm-hmm. Perfect guest. She is also someone who She's you amazing. ask her a question and she just <laughs> goes off and you're like, I truly don't need to talk for 10 minutes. This mm-hmm. is amazing. Yeah. But, you know, for her, she answered a lot of the questions that we were looking for because she would sort of go off on tangents and it was like, perfect. She already can feel the flow of this episode. And then the episode after her with Kira Jones, who's a TV writer um, for for Queens right now. I don't know what network it's on. ABC. ABC, ABC's Queens. She was a lot more concise in her answers. Not that she didn't talk, but like we asked her a question and she asked and answered it really directly. So mm-hmm. we had, thankfully, our, our other questions to kind of back that up to make sure that we were guiding the conversation a little bit more. But we have rough, like once I wrote the questions for uh, Parthna and sent them to Christina and we, we fucked with them a little bit, those will be basically the same questions we ask everyone in the four higher series. So, you know, that kind of works for itself. And then for these off the cuff, just Brie and Christina episodes, I generally try to like think of what a structure makes sense based around what I know are the handful of things we sort of talked about as reasons why we wanted to do the episode. Mm-hmm. And then I'll try to put some structure in. And if I feel okay about it, then I'll just leave it there. If I don't like today's episode, I'll message Christina like, hey, I made the outline for next episode. I truly don't know if it's good. <laughs> Can you give me any thoughts? Um, and, and that's when Christina will come in and, and make some edits along with me. But yeah, that's that's kind of the recording sitch is we have our outline. We do our intro. We do our outro. We do our middle. Then we send it to Ezra, our lovely editor, as you all and know. And we, we do still try to do like two at a time if we can. Mm-hmm. 
with this season, it's harder because we're having more guests back to back. Yep. Yeah, that's that's tough to schedule back to back. It's also tough to like have clear in and out times. Mm-hmm. It's also this is, you know, we're recording this in January. I think you're, you're going to hear it not long from now. But that's important because I'm still recording my Burn Notice podcast through early April. And that's, that's a weekly podcast, which is a nightmare. <laughs> I will never do that again if I don't get paid to do it. And that means that every single Sunday for like four hours, I'm out of commission recording Burn Notice. And not to mention the amount of time I have to spend prepping for those episodes. So like I have a full other podcast I'm doing on top of all of this, which means that my weekend availability is a lot rougher, which is a prime time for, you know, people to be available. So once once we get past April, hopefully our weeks look a little bit different. This week by Sunday, we're recording this on a Friday, I will have recorded eight podcasts in a single week. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, do yeah. not recommend. But that means that for, for Booby, certainly, we won't need to record like many new episodes for a handful of months. Yeah, like, I mean, we typically will try to be a month ahead in general, but we're trying mm-hmm. to be extra months ahead right now because my move is still in the air. And yeah, you know, Christina's mid move scheduling with people is so tough that like, you know, in the case of today, we were hopefully going to be talking to Zaina. We had tried to schedule with her all the way back in like November, and she was really busy through the new year. And then when I got back in touch, she's like, I'm so sorry. I got busy with a whole new batch of things. Like, mm-hmm. I promise this is going to happen, but we got to push it off again. And so with that, the earlier we can schedule guests before they get busy, the better. Yeah. So yeah. that's another reason why this this year we're we're probably going to be doing a lot more like sprints of episodes yeah. and then long gaps of just sort of maintenance and whatnot. That's right. So when we send an episode to Ezra, we upload all of our audio files to Google Drive and we have a shared Google Drive and we label the episodes so he knows what's coming up next. And then we also, especially for episodes that are a little bit longer, which all of our episodes tend to be <laughs> because... <laughs> What what can we say? We like talking to each other. (laughs) We try to add like at least um, a paragraph or two of like episode notes so that Ezra has an idea of what to expect. So like this time, (laughs) I don't know if he'll cut this out. Maybe he thinks it's interesting that we're recommending TV shows. But at the very top of this episode, Christina and I got slightly distracted talking about TV shows that we're watching right now. And we're going to make a note of that to Ezra. Like, hey, (laughs) from here to here, we spend a lot of time and we'll we'll leave it to Ezra's discretion if he thinks (laughs) it's worth leaving in. But that'll happen sometimes where like, you know, Christina and I will need to take a pause to confirm if we have any more questions before moving on to the next segment of something. And so we'll let him know like, hey, around 59 minutes in, we confer on something, you can go ahead and skip that. Or there was a section that we talked about this thing that we don't really think is relevant. So you can probably cut that out. Like we try to give him some sort of editorial guidance so Mm -hmm. that he's not going in completely blind, especially if we already know like, this is going to get cut out. We should just yeah. let him know ahead of time. And then Ezra tends to turn in his first pass of the episode about a week before it comes out. We listen to it. We give him notes. If there are big notes, like, you know, major sections that need re-editing, uh, we'll send it back to him. If it's a small enough series of notes, sometimes Christina will do the final pass. And then once the final pass is completed, whoever is completing it, I will get the exported final version. I will queue it up and schedule it to go out. And then Christina and I will go our separate ways in promotion. Christina takes Instagram, which y'all know. I take Twitter. Mm -hmm. And we start all over again. 
Okay. <laughs> yes, that's pretty much the, the process of making an episode. We come up with an idea and put it in a spreadsheet that Bree knows about, but apparently doesn't pay that close of attention to. <laughs> no, I mean, you color coded it. It's, that's it's true. Just... I think I made it and you maintain it. That's right. Yeah. The other things we have in this spreadsheet, I guess, is worth mentioning is so yeah, we have a color coding system for episodes that are just plans, episodes that are confirmed. So that's like, we agree this is the episode coming up. <laughs> <laughs> like we we know this is coming up or if it's a guest we have confirmed a like recording date with this guest it is happening then we have a a color for recorded so like this episode has been recorded we have the files we have a color for it's done but it's not live and then we have a final color for it's up it's live it's on the internet we're done. So that yeah. way uh, we can kind of keep track of like, how far ahead are we? We know how many things do we have coming up? And Ezra has access so he can see all of that. Yeah. That so he can kind of see like how much we have already done, you know, if we're behind things like that. We'll also sometimes put in, uh, there's a column for the bonus content because obviously we make bonus content for every episode. Mm-hmm. And in order to like plan what kind of bonus content we want to pair with each episode, that sometimes also gets brainstormed in this doc. Not always that I use that less than I used to, but it's a good way of like, once we're coming up with an idea, sometimes like one of us will have a really good bonus content idea like we will make the the episode with the intention of making particular patreon content so we'll just write that down right away so that we don't have to be like what were we going to do for this episode that doesn't change the fact that oftentimes i'll write something and then i'll have to tag christina in the spreadsheet like what did i mean by this do you remember what the (laughs) fuck i'm talking about and she's like no (laughs) chaos is part of the process that's right. Okay, so we've talked about origins. We've talked about process. I have a section called evolution, uh, <laughs> where I guess we can talk about like how things have evolved from the first time that we sat down to record and to now. Like, what would you say are things that have changed since we started this podcast for you personally, for the show's structure as a whole? For me personally, I got more comfortable with hearing my voice. <laughs> <laughs> I think we learned what people want more of or what what they like because we started getting feedback. We started getting really lovely emails or DMs. I don't see the Twitter DMs because I never log into it, but I always see the Insta ones and it's really nice when people respond to things and it tends to be the more like really candid exploratory episodes you know like when we talked about burnout when we talked about um, imposter syndrome those kinds of episodes tend to get more people writing into us which is nice not what we expected definitely right we we knew we we wanted to have those episodes but we were like this is like a vanity episode (laughs) just for us so we can chat but apparently people like that (laughs) Yeah, which is cool. But the ones that are most listened to, I think, tend to be the more like industry advice oriented ones from just looking at stats. And so Mm -hmm. we try to have a balance like that at least helps us figure out, okay, like we don't want to completely not talk about these more exploratory topics that don't have practical takeaways Mm -hmm. because we know people like that. They really like it connects with them because we're getting messages. But the most the things that most people are listening to are these more practical things so we try to find that balance and that helps us put together season two really is like where that came from Mm -hmm. but as far as other learnings or changes i mean Mm -hmm. i got better equipment (laughs) that's probably (laughs) the biggest change from the beginning 
Yeah, we'll 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 break down like our specific like because sometimes like that's a weirdly popular question that we get and that I've gotten a lot in my previous podcast, which is like, what's your equipment? Everyone's obsessed with gear. It's fine. It doesn't matter, guys. But we will tell you. <laughs> but if you're curious, our top five episodes, not including our introductory episode, are in order. Uh, our film school episode, which was our official episode one, and like as anyone who's made a web series can tell you, episode one always gets more views. Just because that's most people's entry point and mm-hmm. you'll get more people who are willing to try you right away than people who will stick with you. So number right. one, most listened to episode is still our film school episode, although that's also a very practical episode. Maybe it is, you know, on its own merits, very popular. Um, definitely a question that that comes up a lot. Then weirdly, our second most so popular weird. episode is our first year, like finale or our season one reflection episode where we talk about how many episodes we did and, you know, career updates and things like that. It's primarily just like the most vanity of vanity episodes. Yeah, it's very navel-gazy, like, look at how far we've come. Yes. But apparently people are curious. I think I attribute it possibly to like just nosiness. Like I know Mm. for me, even if it's a thing that I don't, like if it's a podcast that I don't really listen to or a YouTube channel that I don't really watch, but I'm like vaguely aware of and I see there's like an update to something, even if it's an update to something that I don't care about, like a story that I wasn't aware of or like some interpersonal drama or whatever, I'm kind of nosy and I will like listen just to just to stay <laughs> up to date. So maybe that's it. Maybe we have people who kind of lurk on our pages, maybe. maybe our personal pages and are like, I don't really listen to their podcast, but I'm curious, has Brie or Christina had a significant career update that I should know about? So yeah, that could be it. I think also speaking for myself, I've been posting way less on social media lately. So people don't really know what the hell's going on <laughs> in my life. So it could be that. That's true. So that's, that's our interpretation of that one. And then number three, uh, unsurprisingly, is moving to LA and staffing in TV with guest Kim Garland. Yeah. Uh, not only is Kim, uh, you know, a, a respected member of the screenwriting community, but also a lot of people have questions about if they should move to LA and how, and a lot of our audience, I would venture a guess, would love to write for television. So popular industry topic. And then number four is distributing shorts and series, a pretty classic, very, you know, concrete educational one. Yeah. Um, You know, that was why we did that episode. (laughs) We know people have questions about distribution. And then something that I found interesting is that our our fifth most popular on this list is our episode three, Representation Matters with- uh, Four, episode four. Was it four? Mm -hmm. Oh, no, you're right. Yes, episode four, Representation Matters with Danny Thomas, where we talked about media representation. Not- I I wonder, and I I think we knew that this was a popular episode before. We both wonder if maybe it's because people think it's like- getting an agent or manager representation. And so right. people check out that episode looking I think that's for that. part of it. But I also think like hashtag representation matters is also like so associated with representation, like seeing yourself or behind mm. the scenes representation. So I feel like it's a mix. But I also think it's really funny that if you look at that title and you think we're saying like representation matters when everyone else is like, it's not your manager that's going to get you your first job. And like you think you're, you come in waiting to hear us tell you like that it, everyone else is lying to you sort of, you know, mm-hmm. um, and like it really does matter, but it actually mostly doesn't. I mean, it's debatable. It depends on who your manager is and who your agent is. And 
Sure. All of that. And but, what stage you're already at in your career. Yeah. Like, you know, as with everything in the industry, it, there's so many variables, which is why we try to get uh, people from as many different like communities and walks of life as we can to see truly no one has the same story. So like, let's get specific. What what was your version of strategy? Things like that. Right. For a while, wasn't directing really high up? Yeah. Directing for a little while last year was a, was higher up. Now it's more mid but yeah, for a while, our episode on directing, our like one of our first like truly craft focused mm-hmm. episodes was more popular here. Let me double check. Which was fun. I, that was a fun thing to see because I didn't expect it. Mm-hmm. And that was an episode that both of us really enjoyed recording too. It was like a nice mix of practical advice meets more exploratory conversation. Yeah, it is now. Oh, it, it would have been the next one. <laughs> so yeah. directing deep dive. If we if we eliminate our first true episode, the film school episode, then directing would have been next on the list. Okay, cool. So yeah, so you know, for whatever that's worth, those are our most popular episodes. As we said, we didn't, we don't actually, I don't think I got any responses from any of these episodes, like beyond like the first episode where people were like, oh, cool, you have a podcast. But like, these are, we chose these topics, not at random. (laughs) That's right. So definitely consider that, you know, and, and maybe like we do, do a one for them, one for one for us where, you know, you you try to find that balance of conversations you think are important but might not be as marketable and conversations that are super marketable that you're still interested in. But, you know, depending on what your goal is, maybe not as interested in. So something to consider. Mm-hmm. I guess to, to round it out, to round out this episode, we can kind of get really granular on the tools that we use to to make make this podcast Mm-hmm. So we are recording in Zoom right now. You're probably not hearing the Zoom audio unless something has gone horribly wrong. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we one of our expenses, which you remember probably from the Breaking Even Pledge Drive, is we spend about $15, $16 a month on a Zoom Pro membership so that not only can we have meetings for longer than an hour, but that we can also record the meetings and get everyone's audio recorded separately which is obviously very important. We, you know, if we, if you need to edit out somebody coughing or interrupting each other, having separate audio tracks is super important. And a lot of our guests don't have their own podcasting setup, so they can't be recording on their own end like Christina and I do. Uh, we ran into an issue though, back when <laughs> we weren't using Zoom Pro, when we were still using, I think, Skype. Yeah, it was Skype. We were using Skype originally, right? Yeah. yeah. We were using Skype because we could do long phone calls and it was Kim Garland's episode, in fact, our, what number three most popular episode (laughs) where we were recording in skype she thought she was recording on her end as well and we were just recording the skype call as backup like just in Mm -hmm. case (laughs) thank god and then what what happened christina i think she had never recorded audio into quicktime before and so i can't really say because i don't know what she saw on her end but she said that she what it was recording, but then when she stopped, nothing had been recording. And I don't know if like she pushed record and then stopped recording when she thought she was pushing record. Like that could have been the situation. Yeah, I will say having done stuff in QuickTime before, it is sort of unintuitive the way that yeah, the interface totally. looks yeah, while you're trying you're to record not, something. You have to really like look to see if the numbers are moving, but if I'm assuming she had it minimized or something because she was looking at our faces in the Skype screen, right? And so like I, to talk about my process for a second, I do record in QuickTime, but I do it on a separate laptop so I can watch 
my numbers moving and my gain Mm -hmm. and everything while looking at Bree's face and the guest's face in Zoom or at the time Skype in, in on my main laptop. So yeah, like totally wasn't her fault. It was whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's why you have a backup, which right. we did. Thank God. We did, but, but, but unlike Zoom, which, you know, when you pay for it, you get separate audio tracks. Skype just gives you one track. Mm-hmm. And so then I had to edit that episode and it was quite a hassle because I had to use her audio with our audio in it, but then try and like mute that audio and bring in me and Brie from our mics. But then sometimes like she would say something and our laughter would be over it or we would talk over her and in normal circumstances when we had separate tracks, we could totally just cut ourselves talking over her, but we couldn't mm-hmm. do that in this situation. So it was a messier edit that, you know, led to an unfortunately not as clean sounding episode. And, you know, that unfortunately is also one of our most listened to. I think it sounds fine. Like, think, it, yeah. you know, it, it's clear something was different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's not unlistenable. Right. And also, it's not unlike most other podcasts I've listened to. Because Certainly during the pandemic when everyone is remote. Exactly. When everyone's remote. So it, most people are just talking into like iPhone headphones. They don't mm-hmm. have a professional mic. We're not in a position to be sending people a professional mic when they're going to be a guest, you know. And so with our podcast series, we are, you know, women in podcasting series, we had some more people that actually had professional mics. But Most of the time, that's not the case. And I will say one thing that I think we do better is that we edit the episodes. I think the average podcast would just have released that as is. They would have just like released the Skype audio as is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they wouldn't have taken our separate like nice microphone recordings. They would just like say, oh, well, I guess this is the audio for everyone. Yeah, I had a situation where I was on a podcast that didn't have the money to pay for Zoom Pro, just like we didn't at the time. But they still, they were like, we're going to do 45 minutes and then come back in. But then what was absolutely bizarre is that they did not cut out the section where they're like, okay, now everyone close your Zoom and come back in. And and like their whole re-intro, all of that was in the episode. And I'm like, it's audio. Like there's no like <laughs> jump cut that you need to worry about here. <laughs> you just cut out that yeah, section. That's absolutely <laughs> wild. Yeah, Christina and I have become so petty where anytime we listen to other podcasts now, we are like constantly messaging each other like, oh my God, I'm listening to a podcast and there are so many bizarre pauses and ums. Like <laughs> How do these people have so many more listens than us? Like, they are not editing their podcast. What's up, you guys? And it's like, obviously, we have, like, the privilege now of having an editor who we pay, who is Mm -hmm. amazing to do this for us. But we were doing it ourselves before. And, Mm -hmm. like, there was never an option in our minds for not editing the podcast. Can you imagine? Yeah. I mean, they were, especially early on when we had, when we were just talking to each other less frequently. So anytime we did an episode, it was like us hanging out. Mm -hmm. So there would be like almost two hours of recording for what was supposed to be an hour episode, you know? And, and yeah, one of one story about a podcast that I did that still bothers me. I was doing an interview with Kelsey Rauber, who's my producing partner and she's been on the pod. And um, I got a slack from my old boss in the moment of recording and I said her name when referring to Kelsey and then I corrected it immediately after but I was like reading my boss's name while meaning to say Kelsey so I called Kelsey my boss's name and then I was like oh you could cut that out and then they fucking left it in the whole fucking thing me calling her my boss's name and then me being like oh 
I mean, Kelsey, and you can cut that out. Like, I don't understand. Why do you release a podcast if you're not going to do any, any kind quality of op- control? Yeah. yeah, I genuinely don't understand because it's a lot of like, like, obviously, we listen to a lot of filmmaking podcasts partially for just like competitive research and partially because we're filmmakers. We want to hear what people have to say. And it's so wild to me that people who, you know, will spend three years in post-production for a short film will do absolutely nothing to Mm -hmm. edit and refine an hour-long podcast episode. Like, you know, I I bitch about editing podcasts all the time because I I edit podcasts for my, my other podcasts. But like, it's not nearly as hard as editing film. You only got one sense to edit for. Like, it's such a low bar. (laughs) Right. And I understand, you know, I don't expect someone to take out every time I say like or um. You know, I understand that that's a lot. You know, we're humans. Humans say words. We don't even do that fine of passes. We don't expect Mm -hmm. that. We're We're not perfect by any means. We don't have perfect audio. But we cut out awkward pauses. We cut out a mess up if someone says the wrong word and they fix it, we cut that out because that's just, not only is it, you know, I think the right thing to do for your guest, but it is better for the listener. You have a flow instead of like a weird moment that's like interrupts the sentence and then you don't know what they were saying because now you're thinking about what they actually said instead of what they meant, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, just, but like, it's one thing to, you know, edit something so the clarity for your listener is better, but like, if this is what you're using to represent yourself and brand build and market yourself and whatever, and you can't even put the bare minimum of energy into like cutting out, all right, everyone close your zoom and we'll log back in. (laughs) Like, so what are we doing here then? What was the point of this? I think it's, you know, it's talking about film. It's the same thing where everyone thinks they can just have a podcast the same way. I think people did at one point with web series. We're like, Oh, I'm just going to shoot something and it'll be mildly funny and the sound will be, you know, passable and it'll all be, you know, one one shot. I'm not really going to like put any creativity to it, but it's like I think it's entertaining enough. So I'm going to get a bunch of views online and it's worth it. And then you realize like that's not realistic and that's not what that's not putting your best foot forward, you know. And and so I feel like we're in that place with podcasts where everyone is like, oh, it's easy. I just you just record audio and you upload it. Mm-hmm. And people listen to it and that's having a podcast and it's actually uh, a lot more work. And also, I think if you want to have a good podcast and if you want to really offer something that's worthwhile to people, you need to put in the effort to make sure that there's a real flow to to what's happening. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, as with everything in marketing and creating, like take a step back and think about yourself as a stranger, like completely fresh. You've never heard of you before. Is this what you want them to hear first? Is the effort you have put in enough for you to listen to a total stranger talk? Be genuinely realistic with yourself about the answer to that question. But just to to finish off our tool, so Zoom Pro is what we use to record. We always have a backup. That's also where we take our, our smiling selfie for Instagram promotion. But we generally don't use the Zoom audio unless there is like an issue, which there hasn't been so far, thank goodness, mm-hmm. or for our guest, if our guest is not recording themselves separately. So it's mostly for backup purposes, but it's it's well worth it, certainly. Then we, for our hosting platform, we use the platform Libsyn, which a lot of popular podcasts use. It's just a hosting platform. I did a lot of competitive research back at Starable to decide like what hosting platform to go with. And I ultimately chose Libsyn because it's had 
you know, a lot of popular podcasts that I listened to who used it. So that was a pretty big tick in the right direction. Like, clearly, they're doing something right that these big, powerful podcasters like the McElroys use them and, you know, and mention it out loud. So it's not like they're embarrassed of their hosting platform. A friend of mine with a podcast was already using Libsyn. So I knew I could just ask him for help if I was confused. And all things considered, I don't know if they're necessarily the cheapest option, but like, there wasn't a statistically significant difference in cost that like would have swayed me in another direction. I find Libsyn to be very reasonable. I think we pay $20 a month because we only yeah. upload two episodes a month and that works perfectly fine. Months that we don't upload episodes or won't, it'll only cost us five bucks a month if we don't need any statistics. And it makes it, they make it really easy to change our billing for that month. Like if we need a little bit of extra upload space because podcast hosting charges you by the amount that you upload per month. Like you can only upload per month so much. But once it's up in your feed, then you just need to pay a little bit for them to continue hosting it. So all things considered, I like Libsyn. Thumbs up to Libsyn. We also have Canva Pro, which you know about because we use it for all of our promotional imagery. We use it for all of our Patreon infographics. We have used it for building stuff for the Breaking Even Drive, like our directing workshop. I use it for just a lot of other things. So it was useful for me to have Canva Pro anyways, but that's our primary visual creator for um, for all things promotion when it comes to Booby. And then what is your mic setup? You, you mentioned that you use a second laptop and quick time but yeah, yeah what's 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 your gear it's a blue i'm trying to remember what this brand is <laughs> <laughs> while you're looking that up i i will tell mine so i actually am still using my setup from forget the box because my boss bought a bunch of nice podcasting equipment for us to do a company podcast with and when i left Sterable, we hadn't been doing the podcast for quite a while and like it was just at my house and we never really talked about it but he didn't need this expensive podcast mic anymore. It was already, you know, expensed as a business expense. So I record using a directional Audio-Technica mic. I'm sure if you look it up, you can find what that looks like. But yeah, it's a directional mic and it's connected to a Zoom H6 handy recorder mixer with an XLR cable. So, you know, my, my setup looks a little bit more like, you know, you would see on a film set maybe you know, with the XLR mic and a mixer separately, I could technically connect more XLR cable mics to the same mixer and get separate audio tracks into a single area, which was nice back when I was doing Forget the Box and I was in person for things. But, you know, now that it's just me, it might be a little bit extra. But yeah, I like it. Easy to use, but probably expensive. And thankfully, <laughs> I didn't pay for it. So get your company to start a podcast and then have them abandon it at some point and forget that they gave you all the equipment. I don't think he forgot, but like what would have been the point of him keeping it, I think is ultimately what it came down to. Yeah, mine is a Yeti. That's like, I knew that okay. and I just could not remember the name. It's a Yeti and it's the blue, that's the model that's like the below pro version. And it's on this arm that screws into my desk so it's nice it hangs above me instead of on the table which is good for all the the ways I talk with my hands that was a problem early on I had a mic that was very you know it was cheap I bought it for the pandemic to do video calls and it was like at less than 50 bucks 
and it wasn't it wasn't a great mic for podcasting and it would sit on the desk and then my elbows would be on the desk too and then there would just be a whole and bunch your cats of would yeah, like my cats walking back and forth so this was absolutely necessary that i get one that that would hang and not shake with all of my movement and my cat's movement and all that sure. um and it's a it's a usb connection into my laptop so it's very Basic and easy and was more expensive because of the arm. Like the whole setup with this arm made it more expensive, but I think it was 300 bucks in total. Yeah, I, I have a mic stand as well and I, I keep mine on my on my desk because I talk with my hands, but I don't lean. I'm like very conscious because <laughs> uh, I'm watching my game through my mixer of like distance from mic and stuff. So I don't know. I guess Ezra can, can tell us. Maybe he can edit himself in at this point and be like, Breeze audio is actually terrible. Honestly, my audio is probably terrible to edit. I know this from editing my own audio because sometimes while I will mute myself on the Zoom recording, I have to like clear my throat or something while while Christina is talking. I tend to clear my throat a lot and it's very annoying. I think my audio is worse because I am just very bad about being aware of how far (laughs) close I am to the mic at any given moment. And and I'm also a lower speaker in general, but then when I get really like heated about something, I get loud. So poor Ezra has to deal with that from me, which I, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Ezra, we're sorry. We're so sorry sorry. that we're like this. (laughs) Um, And I think that's it. I don't think that there's really anything else to say. Yeah. I mean, those are, those are our tools. We have our, our separate mic setups. We've recorded every episode of this podcast remotely because Mm -hmm. we started this podcast during a pandemic, but also now we live on fully different coasts. So it's just a matter of, you know, communication. It's a matter of like, you know, both staying in touch and and knowing what the schedule is. It's having a cue definitely would recommend because I know people who have started a podcast and they'll record one episode and then post it and then Mm -hmm. nothing. And it's like, you can't do that. You have to have a schedule. You have to have a plan. You have to have at least, I would say at least a month ahead of time recorded, you Mm -hmm. know, and sometimes you'll get a little bit closer to the wire (laughs) as you go. But like, as long as you have a plan, hopefully you should be fine. And like editing a podcast is annoying. And, you know, I don't know Ezra's specific process, but mine tends to take, but for, for an episode that was about an hour and a half of recording time, it would take me between three and five hours to edit, depending on if there was an additional person on the, on the podcast than expected, depending on like, the you know if if did I have a a two-year-long cough at the time and did I have to cut that out of everything because that was a thing that I was dealing with for quite a while and then just like complexity of the episode so yeah Mm -hmm. it it will either be double the amount of time it took to record the podcast to edit it or a little bit more if it's more complicated but at best it will take twice as long to edit an episode as it does to record it so that's also something to factor into your process also maybe your process because i think brie you just like would dive right into the edit and just start editing Mm -hmm. i would always listen to it just like as a clean conversation and make notes throughout of like that was dead air or that was just a tangent that's not necessary. And then I would go through and do it, like listen again and cut as I'm going. And you would also do that process over this, like the course of a couple of days, right? Yeah, I would. Yeah. You would like come back to it. Yeah, I can't do that. I'm like, I start it and I finish it. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, I'm sure my edits would probably be better if I listened to it once and then went back. But like, it, it, it's the thing where I'm listening to it. And if I hear something should be cut, 
well, that's what I'm doing right now. I may as well cut it now and then I don't have to go back. Sure. (laughs) To each their own. Everyone has their own process. But either in either case, it will take you a while. So like just because it takes you an hour to record a podcast doesn't mean that it's only going to take maybe another hour to, you know, zhuzh it up a little and get it out there. Like the actual life cycle of a podcast episode from idea prep to release is probably like 10 hours at least if you, you know, include recording, prep, editing, notes on the edit from whoever is editing, making promotional images, queuing it up on the podcast hoster, like scheduling promotion, posting promotion, like there's a lot of things that go into an individual episode of of any podcast, certainly if you're trying to do it right. So Mm -hmm. make sure that if any of you are thinking of launching a podcast, you are taking it seriously and considering the commitment that that is, especially on a regular basis. And make sure, like Christina said at the very beginning of this, that like you're keeping an eye on, is this a sustainable practice for you? Is this something that you can do for more than a month? Because if not, then maybe reconsider why you're doing this and what you're getting out of it. You know, it might be the case that instead of doing a year round podcast, you do shorter seasons where you're like, I have 30 episodes that I'm going to do. I'm going to record most of them and I will not release until I have most of those already recorded. If you want to do a more regular, more timely podcast, more reactional podcast to like current events and stuff like that, you really need to get your systems down ahead of time or you're going to burn out really, really quick. So those would be my final words of wisdom. Yeah, I hope this has been helpful if you're thinking of podcasting or if you're just curious about what goes into making ours. Thanks so much to Kelsey Rauber for our theme music, Kaylee Brown for our podcast art, Ezra Lee for editing this episode, and to all of you for listening. Links to learn more about them are in our episode description. And thank you to our booby VIPs, who are our $10 supporters on Patreon, including Kim Garland, Amanda Blunt, Anthony Epp, Kelsey Rauber, Norman Steinberg, Jerry Maravia, and Brandy Nicole Payne. If you want your name on that list and or to have access to our bonus resources related to each and every episode, you can subscribe for as little as $3 to our Patreon at patreon.com slash breakingoutpod. Or join our free newsletter where we share a new creative prompt each month. Next episode, we'll be breaking down and unpacking professional jealousy. Be sure to tune in.